Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast, where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. Today's podcast, we are going to share with you the conclusion of Andrea and I's discussion on the years that I battled depression and how it affected me and our family. So with no further ado, here it is, the conclusion of our discussion, Defeating Depression. All right, so here's, let's talk about the healing process, right? So it's one thing to make up your mind. I'm not going to live this way anymore, but how did I get to uh, the place where it really stopped dominating my life? And for me, it was this one passage that it was like, it just ate me up. And that is this passage out of Galatians chapter 5, which tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, at that stage in my life, I had almost nothing but self-control. And um, I didn't have love. I didn't have patience, gentleness. I just was like all of that stuff I didn't have. But here's what I knew. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was saved. I knew that. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that the Holy Spirit lived inside of me. I knew that. So I knew that according to God, those fruits were in me somewhere. But they just weren't breaking forth out of my this hardened heart of mine. And I had to take ownership for there is a role that I play in this. And this is where the, 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 it starts to get hard for people that are dealing with depression. Because we don't want to take any ownership for our actions. I could tell you why I was depressed. I was depressed because God had me in a situation where I was having to work 50 hours a week and pastor 30 hours a week and it wasn't working and there was no way to get out of it. And I had too many employees who were trusting in me to help with jobs and I felt like I couldn't lay them off. And so I was going to be stuck in this thing forever. And, Nobody knows the pressure that I'm dealing with. And and I had all these excuses. And I eventually had to take ownership of my own response to the life that I was in. And realize that I was making me a victim. And that I was refusing to take God at his word that these things are inside of me. It's not like the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, so long as, you know, all of your life is good. And I began to look at the life the apostles lived. It's a whole lot harder than mine was. I'm coming home every night, sleeping in my own bed with the roof over my head. I've got three meals a day. I've got people that love me. I've got a wife and children that are awesome. And yet... I'm not singing at the midnight hour like Paul and Silas shackled. And I had to start to take ownership. Quit making excuses for my stinking attitude. It was one of the most important parts of me finding healing. That I had to understand my attitude is not controlled by the world around me. It's controlled by me. And it's my choice. Now, that said, when you're in depression... It's not like you can just make the decision to not feel deflated. But I I did begin to realize I have to change my attitude. And Mm -hmm. it was a slow process for me. The whole process of like really digging in, seeking God, took about 
six months for me to do. And um, it, it was like six months of intensive studying the word, looking at the truth of what God says about who I am. The fact that God calls us to peace and trust and patience no matter what we're facing. And I just kind of had to take some ownership that Joplin, there's some things you need to repent of. And here's the here's the irony. When I saw that I actually had the power to do this, it was one of the most freeing things. Because you know what I believed for a couple years now? I had believed that I was hopelessly controlled by everything around me. I can't be happy so long as I'm having to work 80 hours a week. I can't be happy so long as I'm having to do two different jobs. I can't be happy so long as I'm having to get up and preach every week and not really be able to feel what I'm preaching. I can't be happy with this. I can't be happy. And so I was this helpless little victim to everything that I couldn't control. And when I saw that that was garbage and that I needed to take ownership from my actions, it actually freed me up. It was like one of the most awesome things coming off my shoulders. Like, wait a second, there is hope because I don't need all this stuff to change in order for me to find peace and joy. Um, during that period of time, there, there was this passage of scripture that I really grappled with out of Romans chapter eight, which talks about God working everything for our good. And it asks the question, how is it even possible that God would not bless you freely? You know, if Jesus died so that God could bless you, then what could possibly keep that from happening? And I'm telling you, there was a revelation that came to me one day uh, after six months of seeking God on all of this. I'm trying to take six months of healing, condense it into five minutes here. But there was this revelation that I did not need anything to change in order for God to bless my life. Mm-hmm. And that it didn't matter if I was in the same scenario for a hundred years. God could bless me freely, use me freely, things could be good. And I cannot tell you the joy that came over me at that moment when I came to grips with my attitude is my is is I have the ability to control it. The Bible wouldn't tell you to take your thoughts captive if you couldn't. And so now I'm owning that. Yeah, I'm going to have some negative thoughts, but you got to take them captive, and you got to be honest with yourself, and you got to quit making excuses. And then it was like, and no matter what I'm facing, God could work it out for my good. And no matter what I'm facing, God can freely bless us. He either his he's not up there with his hands tied, unable to bless me and take care of my life until things change. He's God. And it totally changed my outlook on all of it. And so spiritually, I found healing through applying God's word to my situation. Um, I want to talk practically, but before I talk about some of the practical things about kind of overcoming depression. What was your, were you even aware? Because I didn't talk much about it. You know, what I didn't want to do is provide this false hope. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, everything's going to be better because I wasn't sure. Plus, I was still kind of depressed until I really got my healing. Were you even aware during that period of time what was going on at all in my heart? No, not really. Um, I really didn't know what was going on you're just always very quiet very to yourself and um after a period of time i just kind of quit asking as many questions quit doing a whole lot you know just kind of 
went with the flow of things. And um, there was one thing that I was just going to add, because um, I think probably a lot of people that are going through this situation deal with this if you're dealing with a spouse that is having um, depression problems. But I took a lot of... Um, I took a lot of the blame on myself. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, what, what am I doing wrong? Like, what did I, why, why is this reaction? And so there was a lot of, um, blame that I took on myself. And, um, so I really struggled with that. And I think that, um, especially at the first of it, the first several years, like I just ate that all the time. What am I doing wrong? How can I do it different? You know, okay. How can I ask different? How can I go about it different? Um, that, I just finally learned how to maybe taper that off and just now I'm just not asking questions. Now I'm just Mm -hmm. not going to engage because that's when the problems seem to rise. And so I really didn't um, notice much of a difference with you because there wasn't a much outward difference with you, even though God was doing things internally. Um, And so that was kind of where I was at. But I just thought that was important to say because um, I know I did. I took a lot of a lot of it on myself. What I, I think that's really common with uh, spouses and even older children. I'm mm-hmm. really grateful that our kids were pretty young at that time and don't know this about their dad. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all still pretty much, you know, under six years old. But um, older kids and spouses very often tend to feel like they've done something wrong and that somehow it's they play a role. It's their fault that, you know, dad or mom is really sad or angry or depressed. And uh, that's not the case. Um, But it certainly is. It's perceived that way Mm -hmm. because you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And um, definitely a very difficult uh, side effect that happens to the family of when you're living with somebody that's just deeply depressed all the time. Yeah. So for me, I really didn't notice a difference until months and months and months later when you had been applying these things, these changes, these, you know, scriptures that had made you see things differently. Now, during that same time, though, so about six months previous to this is when I had that experience where I'm like, I'm going to get something fixed. And I came home sat down with Andrea and we just had the conversation. So I want to talk about some of the practical things mm-hmm. I did. We did have to recognize the human body wasn't built. The yeah. mind and soul of man was not built to be working a hundred to 120 hours a week. And it was like, this isn't worth it. Right. We have to change course. And I, you know, she was like totally for it. We were at a stage where it didn't matter. Doesn't matter if we lose half our income. It does. What is the point of having the income we have if our home is like this? Mm-hmm. And she was very supportive of it. I'll never forget. I was so afraid to uh, go tell all my employees that they were not going to have jobs. And, uh, it was really hard. I called a meeting with all of my employees at one location and just told them that this was going to be their last job with me and that after this home was complete, they were going to need to get uh, work with, you know, find work with somebody else that I would be more than willing to write letters of recommendation. But for me, that, that morning was a morning that God really gave me a piece that, you know, you're going in the right direction because... All of my employees were like, boss, it's about time. <laughs> you know, they, they'd been with me for a couple of years, some of them longer. 
and they had watched me just go from this guy that was generally really upbeat and positive to all of a sudden I'm just not. And they knew I was struggling. And they also knew that I had this call to ministry on my life that I needed to be pursuing. And there was not one employee that was like, made it hard. Yeah. They were like, oh, we'll be okay. We'll be fine, man. We Trust us. We'll be good. This is good for you. We're excited. And it, you know what's wild is that in my depression, because I thought about the need to do this for a year, that moment was going to be so much worse. It was something that I had just dreaded as the worst, most awful thing that anybody could ever do, laying their employees off. And it was like a hundred times different than I thought it was going to be. And so practically... We started making steps to move in the direction. And I think I want to talk now, let's kind of take the, the backside of this conversation on um, just some practical, what do you do? And I'm going to turn the conversation to Andrea here in a little bit about working through as a spouse. But what do you do when it's time to change? First of all, you got to recognize that you are not a helpless victim and that you do have the power to control your thoughts. It's your choice. And if you're not there yet and you don't want to yet, you're not ready really to make the life change necessary to come out of being controlled by depression. But you can control your thoughts and you've got to take your thoughts captive. I don't believe I could have got the healing that I got without the true Christian faith and believing the Word of God, and and knowing that I was saved, knowing that love, joy, peace, and patience, they were mine. But I had to break up this hard heart of mine. I had to trust God, take Him at His Word, and allow these fruits to begin to develop in my life. And I knew it was going to take time. And I needed to make the practical changes that I knew needed to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I needed to get back to exercise. And during that period of my life, I was too busy to take care of myself and um, not making excuses. And that wasn't the whole problem, but it was like I wasn't doing anything really. Mm-hmm. When talking to anybody about it, I wasn't eating right. I wasn't, you know, working out on a regular basis. I wasn't taking any medicine. And I'm, I was just fried, really. My mind was fried. And so practically you need to, you know, take the steps that you can change in your life to help it become less chaotic. And we did that. Doing that allowed me to really spend about six months seeking the Lord on these things. And here's the awesome thing. When I got healing, I mean, there was a moment. Granted, there was six months. If you think about counseling a lot of times, there's like week after week after week after week. And then it all comes together. I had a similar experience with what I went through during that six months where it all came together. And it, I, it was just as if the burden rolled off of my shoulders. And true story, never since then, ever since then, have I gone back into depression. Never. I, and it's like I haven't even thought about it because I've taken the principles I learned during that time about taking my thoughts captive, um, keeping the right practical things in my life that need to happen, trying to stay committed to being healthy. I've 12 years now 
and I have never, ever dealt with depression again. And, and no medicine. It's all been the work of God, the renewing of the mind, being transformed by God's power. And it is possible, brothers and sisters. It's possible. And so um, I think I'm going to come back later to uh, some ways to contact us, uh, talk about counseling, uh, talk about places that I think people can get help. But I kind of wanted to step back a little bit and talk to you now a little bit. What are some things, you know, some of our listeners are sitting where you sat for so long and they're they're married to a partner, you know, a spouse, husband or wife that is battling depression. Maybe it's a young student whose mom or dad is battling with depression or um, you know, right now, I believe there's even a lot of older seniors in our country that are kind of, they've been cooped up because of COVID and they're just not getting to see their family like they're used to and people are struggling. What would your advice be to somebody that is close to someone dealing with depression? What would you sure. tell them? How, how, what would you say? Um, sure. Yeah. I, let me answer that question um, here in just a second. I have something to add real quick to your, um, well, your testimony. You know, we had taken that step to go ahead and decide to shut down the business. And, and that was a big step for us. We had, that's all we had known for years. And um, we knew we needed it, but we also knew that it was just miserable the way that it was. And so we came to this agreement. And um, I just want to say that I'm so thankful. You know, God doesn't always immediately answer. He doesn't always open great big doors. He doesn't always show up and this or this, and we don't know when he is. But um, we had taken this step to decide you were going to quit working and having all these employees. And um, at that time, we lived in a duplex, and it was a tiny little duplex, and um, it was what we could afford. And there just wasn't a whole lot of space in it. And it wasn't within... I think maybe a month or two months of us stopping the business that a really good friend of ours ended up offering to let us have his home that was sitting empty and rent it for the same price we were renting right. there. And um, it's just a testimony that, you know, God knew we needed something bigger and he knew that obviously we were going to be giving up money. So it wasn't like we could just go buy a home. Um, and he opened a door that we never, ever could have opened yeah. up for years. And um, this family ended up letting us rent the home for them for the same price we were renting this duplex. And um, we're still in it today. It's an incredible home. We were able to buy it. And it was just awesome. But it was awesome testimony of God working through all of it and even us taking that step of faith to make changes to help make you healthier. Yeah. God honored it. And he was like, here, I'm going to open this door that only I can open. I, and I think that's the key. You've got to take the steps of faith. And that's where we were. Yeah. It's like, I, we knew, I knew Enough is enough. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if I feel like it or not. We can't live this way anymore. And we had to take some steps of faith because we believed that regardless of what it might, you know, conflict it might cause today, the pain of laying employees off, the pain of financially not knowing how we're going to make it. In the long run, it, it's, it's going to be better. And our life was such a way, it was like we had to make changes. Mm -hmm. And by faith, we truly believe this was what was best for our family. We truly believe this was God's will for us. And we didn't have all the answers. We only knew that this was the right step. 
and we were going to take it and just find out what happened. And I totally agree. God blessed that. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want to use that to lead into the closing section of this conversation. And that is for those of you out there that are battling discouragement and depression, I want to give you some very practical advice. Number one, you need to know you can make it. You really can. If you are listening to us right now, you can make it. And you need to know that. You need to hear that. You have to believe that it is not over for you. Yeah. And it's number two, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You need to know there, there really is no magical button that you can push, no magical job that you can get, yeah. no magical pill that you can take that is going to make you wake up tomorrow and everything be better. It's going to take some hard work and you've got to get prepared for that, but you need to know the work is worth it. Yes. It's worth it and you deserve it. All right. You deserve it. And you need to know God did not create you to be controlled and dominated by fear and worry and doubt and anxiety and depression. But, and, and God has not given us that spirit. That's what Paul told Timothy in the, the book of first Timothy. God did not give us that spirit of fear, but of a, of, of power, of self control and of a sound mind. And so you need to trust that God's desire for you is to have a sound mind, to have self-control and the power in your life to do what you need to do. It's going to take work. Yeah. Number three, put the practical pieces in your, your life that you can right now. You might not be able to change everything, but start with something small. You've got to take those steps of faith. Um, you've, you, you've got to take a look at, you know, eating right, eating healthy foods that are going to give you the types of energy, because when you're in that zone, when you're in that place of darkness, and if you've never been there, it's hard to understand it, but when you're there, every little bit of energy helps. If you can go from 20% to 22%, do it, right? If you can go from 60% to 65%, do it. And so you'll find the little things, if you'll be disciplined, actually make a big difference. One of the pieces for me that it took me laying down my pride and really, um, and I started to do it at this period of my life. And that was, I told you, I never took the advice in my early twenties to find someone I could talk with. Yes. Yeah. So yep. I started talking, uh, with a handful of people in my life that I could trust that um, a couple of them had um, therapy training. And um, I fortunately, I was really fortunate that, you know, one of them was able to just, I was able to call on the cell phone and have to make appointments all the time and sit down for like professional uh, counseling and, and pay for it. And that helped, that helped me a lot. And that still helps you today. It does, yeah. yeah. So I still today, it's, it's not as if all the pressures in my life have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that I've learned a better method of dealing with it and staying healthy. And I do. I have people that I call pretty regularly and just help me process things and um, talk me through stuff. And there's something therapeutic 
you know, not about being negative and throwing up on people all the time every time you've had a bad day. But there is something therapeutic about when you need it and you just know I can't, I'm not right. I'm not right today. Being able to call that person and say, listen, I'm not right today. And here's what's going on. Can you help? Can we talk about it? I've, I do it regularly. I mean, last time I made a phone call similar was probably two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's because I've just made up my mind years ago and I've stuck to it. I ain't going back there. I'm just not going to do it. And I don't have to. God's given me the power not to. And so I want to encourage you to know that you're going to be okay. Number two, know that you've got the power to do this and that God's design for you, his desire for you is for you to overcome this. Number three, and this is really important, if you're at a place where you really believe that you might hurt yourself or someone else, go talk to your doctor. Go talk to you know your therapist, psychologist. Talk to them. And until you are truly stable and able to kind of take control of your life and put some other practical things in place, do what they ask you to do. Even if that means taking whatever medicine they'd like you to take. And if you're not a medicine fan, you can let them know that up front. Look, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. Just tell your doctor that. Believe it or not, most doctors don't want you to take it the rest of your life either. And if you'll let them know that's not your goal, you just, you need the world to stop spinning. You need some help on the front end. Almost nine out of 10 doctors are going to be really supportive of that and and work with you on that. But if you are at a place where it's just bad, and you're afraid you're going to hurt yourself or someone else, go talk to a doctor. Um, And then finally, and I really believe this is the most important thing that I'm going to say, I believe with all of my heart that it's not possible to get complete and true healing if it's not through Jesus Christ. I do not know anyone else who has ever done what I have watched God do in my life through purely um, what I would call secular uh, medicine and psychology. I've seen people get significant help there, but I'm talking healing where they can say, yeah, 12 years now, and it, I have totally conquered it. Anytime it tries to raise its head up, that thing is cut off, and it has no control over my life. I haven't needed medicine at all, and mm-hmm. I'm I have defeated it. I know some others like myself who can make the, say the same thing, but all of them found it through Christ. And there is this, this piece of the puzzle that only comes in knowing who you are in Christ mm-hmm. and knowing that God has power over all things, that he can work everything out for your good, yes. that he is able to freely bless you. And if you don't have those pieces in your life, and your mind are dominated and controlled by the the happenings of the world, man, it's just almost impossible, if not impossible, to change, to change and, and get true healing. And so I would strongly encourage our listeners, if you're struggling with depression, if you know somebody that is, to, to really pray about getting connected to a good, solid, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, And we want to leave you with this today. 
You guys, uh, well, I just wanted to add real quick because you had asked, you know, if, if the roles are reversed and you're sitting in the seat that, you know, I was for so many years. I just wanted to encourage our listeners that if you are, remember to try to keep in the forefront of your mind that everything happens for a season. And sometimes seasons are longer than others, but it won't be like that forever. And even if you don't understand and it's very confusing and you just don't know what's going on, I just encourage you to seek God's word because that was my number one thing that got me through that time was just God's word redirecting me every single time to the constant promises that he had for us as believers. And so I'm so thankful for that. Put some things in your life that help make you tick, that help make you go. I mean, I didn't stop what I was doing just because he wasn't going to go. It wasn't It wasn't the way I would have had it, but I still continued to do those things. And I still continued to take the kids and we went to the different places and, um, you know, did what we needed to do to keep pressing on as a family. Um, And so I just want to encourage you that. And then you too, you know, find somebody that you can talk to. Find that person that can be that soundboard or that, you know, maybe you just need to call and cry on the phone to them for a minute. But Mm -hmm. they're that person that isn't going to say anything to anybody else, but they're going to be there. They're going to be solid and they're going to be praying for you. And so we all need that. I just wanted to yeah encourage anybody who might be in that spot to you know to put those things into place yeah you know so. i did eventually start going around and i talk about practical things you can do maybe you don't have to go to every event but start going to some you've got to force yourself to get out and walk get to the gym once a week go with your family or your spouse out to eat dinner do something to start getting back into a normal flow of life guys i want to leave you with this today and that is that we want to we want to help yeah. uh, if you Absolutely. are listening and you want help whether it's help just walking through being the you know the spouse or maybe a child of somebody that is dealing with depression yeah uh, maybe you're the person battling discouragement and depression. Whatever the need is, if you want help, need help, and don't know who to talk to, would you please reach out to us? Yes. You can contact us easily at our website, joplinandandrea.com. Fill out the contact form. Say, hey, this is my name, and this is what I need, and I promise you this, we will get back to you. Yeah directly. Andrea or I will personally get back in contact with you. If you're not near, if you're not local, the least we can do is maybe do some, talk with you over the phone, see if we can't possibly plug you in, um, plug you in somewhere, uh, do some research with you know my contacts I've built over the last 20 years and see if there's somebody close to your area we can set you up with. But if you want help, would you please reach out because we would love the opportunity to help you. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that's all we have for you today. Guys, thanks for listening. And I hope that we encouraged a handful of you that might be in a place where you felt like there's never an answer. There's never hope. There is always hope in Jesus Christ. And I pray that today uh, somebody that has been walking around with their head down is able to lift it a little bit higher and think, hey, we can get through this. Yes. And we're not alone. We're not alone. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening.